podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. Um, as usual, I'm joined by two, um, two folks this evening. Uh, first of all, my, my usual sparring partner, Sal Manali from North London. Hi, Sal. Hi, Dan. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. You probably enjoyed the first weekend of the football season as well, right? With your Arsenal hat on? Yeah, sure. Good start to the, to the season. Hopefully, hopefully it continues in the next few weeks. We will see how we go. Um, and from the other end of the North London football spectrum, Tottenham fan and Southgate captain, um, Tom Edrich. Tom, pleased to have you on board. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. We'll avoid Tottenham's footballing um, escapades. Not, not such a good weekend for you guys. And we'll, <laughs> we'll stick to the cricket there, I guess. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll keep here a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> keen to hear a little bit about Southgate's, um, Southgate season. And we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in due course, but we'll, we'll start where we normally do. Sal, last weekend in the Premier League, what, what do we need to know? So we know that the inevitable happened, as in Tennant wrapped up the league title, uh, convincing win, as, as I was expected, away at Finchley. Uh, Tennenton, 3-3-4 three, three, for 8, batting first, man of score, which obviously was going to be uh, far too many for Finchley, who struggled this season, 1-2-5 all out. Again, the main protagonists were their sort of batsmen who led the season, really. Harry Evans overseas, chipped in 67. And then you've got two guys I've not heard of before called Sam Robson, Nick Govins, who sort of came in and scored 67-71. So they could do something in this know. game, you know, Sal. Keep an yeah, eye on them yeah. too. I will do. Okay, I'll keep an eye on those two guys. And then Josh Snappett again, who's played many sort of cameos this season. You know, low down innings, came in again, smashed a quick 43 not out to to post a, you know, almost impossible score for Finchley. There was a bright spot for Finchley with Joe Lowe taking four, four for 57. But beyond that, there wasn't many many highlights at all for Finchley. So the league was done and dusted. 10 and 10 bowlers again, as they've done this season, all, all chipped in. No real outstanding sort of bowl leading the line again, all sort of taking wickets here and there. And it was Freddie Wynn, a player who's probably not the name that comes to mind when we talk about Tennington. He took the final wicket, so it was nice for one of the lesser known players to be involved in and wrap up the league title. Richmond, very good scenes for them, finishing second, having beaten Crouching in a close game by three wickets. Again, it was low scoring as many of Crouching the games have been this season. Richmond won 1 4 for 7, chasing 112. I mean, the, the the their bowling was the key behind this, and Dave Burton and Steve Stacey, two sort of senior pros within the club, both both bowling really well. Burton four for forty, Stacey three for nineteen, and then a player who sort of chipped, who's coming through the second eleven into the first seven, had a very good season for Richmond. Sam Goodwill took three for eighteen. Crouchens batting was mainly led by Pujan Vias, who scored thirty four. Will Phillips, Richmond captain, got his side of the good start. And at 70 for two, they looked ideally placed to win the game quite comfortably. But then, as so many times, Crouching, spin bowlers had an effect on the game and the wicket started to fall. But senior uh, pro Alex, or he's not a pro, but senior player Alex Griffiths, who's captain the side before, and Jake Dunford, who, who keeps the jersey. So he's obviously played at a very good level. Both of them saw, saw the side home scoring 15 and 18 not out, respectively. Ealing, who sort of fell away in the last couple of weeks, ended the season with we a loss to a side who actually have improved in the last few weeks as in Shepherd's Bush. Shepherd's Bush, 275 for six, with 50s for Idris Otomian, George Collins and Marcus Howard, and Ealing with 2-1-4 all out. Uh, again, a young player who's really come to light the season for Shepherd's Bush, Ramon Bailey, who Matt Robinson told us about 
and sign from Olax has really developed this year. And I think next year, maybe the year after, it's going to be a bold look out, look for, you know, look out for. I think he's at Loughborough University. Uh, he's got a good height. He's bowled at a good pace. He's very fit because he's bowled almost nearly 10 overs in each game he's played this season. So he took the key wicket while he walked in first ball the innings. Scott in some 54, tried to get some sort of rallying goal for infield, but sorry for Ealing, but the score was far too many. So Bush actually finished third this season, which is something they'll be really pleased in. Uh, look forward to sort of building up next season. Obviously, all clubs have got players coming back, but I do know they've got two or three players who couldn't play this season who will be ready to play next season. And then with the younger players also developing, like Ramon Bailey, who I mentioned, they could definitely be a side lookout for next season uh, in terms of you know where, where they may finish in the league. Hampstead North Mid, uh, Hampstead won by 27 runs. Bit of a mid-table kind of clash. Obviously, neither side had nothing to play for, but obviously you want to end the season on a high. Hampstead 2 5, five for 7 the openers, Callum Jackson, the captain's aside as well, scored 67. Rabasha Hassan with 58. And then uh, North Middlesex, 228 all out. The player who has actually really pushed himself in, in contention for a spot in the final of the League Cup is Connor Nurse, who scored, who scored now back to back 50s for his club. Matt Cracknell, obviously overshadowed by his brother most of the time, but actually playing right now for Middlesex in their T20 game. Matt Cracknell hit 63, and they got another young lad called Max Harris, who does like hitting some big shots. And nicknamed Bomber, he lives by that, scored 40. But it was again two like Richmond, two senior cricketers for Hampstead sort of stood out. Rich Bannum, who's led the Hampstead attack all season. Bowls a very good pace, very seasoned cricketer, three for thirty two. And then Wiley Ben Fraser, five for thirty-eight, two wicks and two balls, and that was game over. And then finally we can to move on. No, uh, no okay. need to go to the final game. We we can move on. We don't need to discuss that one. <laughs> this won't this won't last long. <laughs> I was actually looking at the time. I think this game finished at one twenty on Saturday, which must be uh, one of the earliest finishes for a game in terms of uh, how long it lasted. Trickling again, I mean, Dan will, you know, I'm sure if he wanted to elaborate, he would indeed and go on for quite quite a while. But 64 all out, disappointing display. I mean, and again, they're another club that's lacked missed players, but then you do have some players in that lineup who played a very good level of cricket. So questions have to be asked sometimes, I suppose. And then, uh, Nine Doshi, who James Overy has mentioned before in the past, has been, you know, top class spinners, played first class cricket at that level. Is you know, he's, he's almost indispensable in a Bronzeby lineup, and he took four for eight. And then Overy himself, a young Nathan Fernandez, didn't waste too much time and got the game done within eleven overs for uh, a ten wicket win, and obviously into quite a disappointing season for Twickenham. And Bronzeby will finish some hope for next season in terms of where they can sort of you know use it as a springboard to maybe. You know, to push higher in the table when when we have a full season, hopefully next next season. Yeah, well, we tried to accentuate the positives. At least it gave a few players a bit more time to spend some money over the bar. So um, you know, finishing at one twenty does have its small advantages in that we you know they they spurned a bit more wedge, but um, that's about it. It, it. It's been a pretty disastrous season for us. So we've got, I would say, four players who've been in and around first class cricket, and um, I'm not sure you'd know it. If, to be brutally honest, if you looked at it, plus another couple who are, are clearly very good players, like Rashid Mulazada, um, and just not happened. It, it's it's fascinating when you look at sports psychology because it would not surprise me if these players come back next year and look totally different. You know, leadership, captaincy makes a difference, and we, we, we haven't had our captain all year. And um, I, I, you know, we, we cannot fail to bounce back from getting one point all year. So, um, so yeah, yeah. The, the line has been drawn. <laughs> And, and we will we move on. And respect you to Bronsbury, that they, they, they were pretty ruthless, um, and and they were you know, they were thoroughly good value for for the thumping victory. Um, I was going to ask you about Shepherd's Bush. You, you mentioned um, 
to me, sort of in the week, Sal, that you'd spoken to Alex Blofeld, um, who's been a key man in their, their, their story. Obviously, fellow Shrewsbury guy, so I'm always keen to hear what he has to say. But he was, um, he, he was quite interesting to chat to, wasn't he? Yeah, that, it's actually Blofeld. Um, it's an easy mistake in terms of Blofeld. Uh, yeah. the old James Bond adversary, and you know, that name comes to mind, but it's actually Blofeld. I do it all so. the time. You're right. You're, you're right, right to mention that. Yeah, yeah. I made the same mistake myself. I thought, yeah, it, it, like, a lovely guy. I had a good chat the other day. We were talking about him, his 100 last week, which was his first league ton for, for, for the Bush. And we had a chat about sort of days in Shropshire and playing in the Birmingham League and his time at Cambridge University. Where he's so Obviously, he's played a very good level of cricket. He comes across as a very, um, I wouldn't say chilled, but a guy who sort of takes his cricket seriously, but is also... He doesn't get stressed by situations. You know, he said to me, he loves chasing. How many players love chasing? I'm sure the pressure is off then. They'd rather deal with that situation there rather than having to be in a situation where the pressure is always on. But he relishes that sort of situation. So that says a lot about him as a cricketer. And he, he's definitely, he, you know, he's very bullish for next season in terms of where the club could go. They kind of feel they're now established as a Premier Division club. And now the next stage is, can we kick on to becoming a side that challenges for the league title? As I said, They've got some young, quick bowlers, which I think has been the area they've lacked in the past, having seen bowlers at, at the top of things. You can sort of take teams, you know, three or four down earlier on. Spinning department's good. Batting department's strong. And now they've got some some um, pace bowlers of note who could who could take early wickets. They could definitely be a side who, who could challenge next season. Again, you know, availability, injuries, all play a major, major parts. But, you know, they're definitely a side to look out for in, in, the, in the new campaign over the next season. Just quickly point Besides on, on your comment, Dan. Sorry for yep. interrupt. I mean, I mean, I think we had on a comment where it was a couple of weeks ago and, and talking about captaincy and longevity, longevity of a captain being three or four years. Obviously, Carlos has been at your club and captain your club, I mean, you know, more than me, I suppose. And I mean, he must be more than 13, 14 years now, is it? I imagine he's been He's captain. been captain, captain for 11. 11, for okay. 11. Yeah. So, they, I mean, that's a, that's a quite a unique example of someone actually who does have a massive impact on his side you know you can definitely tell they've missed him this season just just because of his leadership skills his determination he's a very tough cricketer isn't he mentally in terms of how he performs and how he leads a club very passionate so obviously I think you're, you're totally correct and next season I would totally kind of ignore some of the form this year and I think next season you, you know he'll come back hungry he'll instill, instill that within the players that you've got at your club and you may see a different side next season Hopefully, definitely for you, for you, Dan, as well. So it's just something to bear in mind in terms of how the individual can affect a team's performances, you know, over the course of a season. Yeah, I mean it, that that's very true. I mean, it's, I don't, don't want to spend too much time talking about my club, but um, you, you can probably imagine anyone who knows Carlos, he has been tearing his hair out at, at, at the fact that we've played nine, uh, lost, well, played nine, lost eight because we had one rained off. And um, you know his uh, his style of leadership is, is is the inspirational style. Really, he leads from the front. He expects people to to, to follow and to give it absolutely everything they've got. And um, it's been quite. I think it's been a hard watch for him, really. And it has been a watch. You know, he's been able to watch a lot of the games via pitch vision. And um, yeah, we, I think it's a it's, it's a really interesting example of the way that once things slip a little bit, um, they're very hard to get back on on an even keel. So. You know, you live and learn. We will, we will draw that line and, and move on to, to 2021. And hopefully, well, things have to get better. There's no way we can have one point again over 18 games. So, so we, we will look forward to seeing where, where 2021 takes us. One last point on the top fly. You, you mentioned there that about North Mid and some of their guys playing for Middlesex. Now, I'm not following because we're, we're talking as Middlesex are playing, but there's a significant number of people in that team who've played league cricket, right? 
Yeah, I mean, they're playing tonight, lie. just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. They're T20, aren't they? They're playing Surrey at the moment um, and not starting to go to lose because they need 48 or 6 balls. So I imagine that game's more or less over. Well, it is over, actually. And they, I looked at the team this evening, and there's seven players who are actually playing in the league this season. So that's a you know, great advert for the league itself and uh, shows the strength in it. Eskenazi, Holden, Cracknell, Simpson, Holman, Finn, and. But that's actually six. Is that six? Might be six. Sorry, one, two, three, four. Sorry, six. Six out of eleven. Yeah. So yeah. So six cricketers who who played this season in in the MCCL now playing for their county. So I think it's a great advert in terms of showing um, the, the, just uh, the, the links we have with Middlesex, which obviously there are some arguing points over it sometimes. But you know these guys have have turned out for the clubs when they can, and and they're happy to to do so on a weekend when when possible. I think that's absolutely right. I, I think the fact that six of them have played in the league this year, I wonder how many other counties could, could have that sort of um, that sort of number playing in a game a game like this this evening. And you know, I, I think it's it, it's not just seasoned players who are playing who have been parachuted in. It, it's it's young players who come through as well, isn't it? You know, and then the multiple sex boys are the most obvious examples of that. So great advert for for Middlesex County League cricket. Um, if we look elsewhere, Division Two. Um, Division two sort of went to plan at the weekend. Um, Stanmore came through. They've been very strong all season. Um, and we said last week they basically needed to beat Brentham and, and that would be it. And they did that by five wickets. They chased down 150. As ever, it was a good team performance. Brent, uh, um, uh, Stanmore have, have been very good at, um, at dealing with any setbacks that come their way. They got runs all the way through the side, actually. And um, uh, sort of the, their scorecard on Saturday um, illustrates that. Steve Reingold, three for 27, was the best bowling. Um, and uh, Talher Azam got 60-odd at the top of the order. But everybody chips in as and when's needed. So they're, I think they're worthy winners uh, of Division Division 2. Um, in the battle for second place, Harrison Marys beat Acton um, rather more, in a rather more straightforward fashion than I thought they were going to, actually. They won by eight wickets. Um, Amit Patel got three for 15. Um, and Tom Pettit um, who um, you know? Who, who's got a you know a, a very good track record of scoring lots of runs on the last day of a season because he he, 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 he he got got, got um, you know getting on for a double century I think wasn't it we were talking, was it was it a triple century we, we had this conversation the other week and I can't remember what we said but a, a lot of runs on the last day of the season a few years ago so he he got fifty three and eight to see Harrison Mary's home so so Division Two went pretty much to plan now Division Three now Division Three looks. Look, looks interesting to me. Sal, do you, do, you, do you want to kick off on this one? South Hampstead won it, yeah. Um, but there was a few ups and downs along yeah, the way. It was indeed. Right? It was one of the weekends where the results didn't go as planned. I just want to add on this, actually. There was a concern being the season in terms of playing nine games and one of the reasons banded about for promotion and relegation was that come towards the end of the season, you know, if the teams have nothing to play for, would they just put out a side or would they concede fixtures? That wasn't, you know, a side that wasn't strong enough to compete normally or would they concede fixtures? I think the integrity of the league this weekend has, has, has been, you know, highlighting how, how strong it is and how teams do take their cricket seriously. So, you know, we had two fixtures, you know, Tom I'm sure will come in, in a moment or two, where you'd expect Southgate to beat Harrow and you, you know, I mean, he's quite a good side, got some very good cricketers, but again, Southampton, who, who, were, who were in good form, you'd think they might win that as well. But yeah, I mean, South East Coast, fair play to them. They chased down a quite a big score and were led by um, Hamza Kayyem, who, who, who hit 100 and was, you know, I think he scored nine, nine fours and eight sixes. So that's, he wasn't hanging around at all. And, and then Harpool, as you said, in his last game as captain, so fitting for them to, to win. He's a East Coast man through and through and he's a lovely guy. So I'm happy for him that he, he went out in, on, with a win. And then obviously, um, 
I'm sure, as I said, Tom will come in in a moment or two. North London, good performance away at Wickham House. Sets them up nicely for this week's cup final, which we'll come to later on. So, yeah, it was definitely one of the weekends where... Yeah, dare I ask, Sal, what was, um, what was the track like at, at Wickham House? Dare I ask the I question? Mean, was, it, was it what you... Well, was it much improved? I, I wasn't there, but the feedback from the captain and some of the guys that played was it was keeping a little bit, a little bit low. But, I mean, you know, we scored 220-plus and they sort of fell short. But, you know, so it wasn't one of them... 80, 90 all outs and opposition was nine down and chasing that. So maybe some improvements have taken place over the last couple of weeks and, and hopefully that will continue for next season. Yeah, we, we have, sorry, just to jump in guys, we, we played at Wickham House uh, last weekend actually, well, the weekend before this one. And um, yeah, no, I mean, the pitch was slow and low, um, but it certainly wasn't dangerous. So I think they have done a bit more work on it compared to what the message just hit home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, sorry, I'm going to come to you obviously about this now. Um, what <laughs> happened Saturday? A, a painful question, oh. I'd have thought, because it, I guess now that we know Southampton lost, uh, it, it could have been yours to win. We didn't quite get a plan, didn't it? Yeah, exactly that. Um, I think, yeah, to be fair, just echoing what Sal just said, Harrow were kind of very impressive and up for it. You know, they were they were all there before us, warming up properly, and um, they bowled they bowled straight and. Our batters didn't apply themselves, and that's pretty much the end result. Um, the game was done in the first first hour of the game. So, yeah, obviously very disappointed for us when we had an opportunity to win the league. Um, and, like you say, made worse by Southampton. Then losing later on, we were kind of hoping they were going to win to make our game a little bit, little bit less uh, relevant. Um, but, uh, yeah, pretty disappointing. Um, I, you know, I did say to the guys afterwards that, you know, we've had a good season and won some, won some games, but you know, hopefully that's a lesson going forward that no matter how many games we've won in a row, you know, if we ever turn up in this league sort of complacent or um, under strength, then it's going to be difficult for us team. Everyone is capable of turning us over and Harrow did that very, very convincingly on Saturday. But it's been a good season apart from, I and mean, I don't want to really dwell on the, on the you know, Saturday's game because clearly sides do have have off days, just unfortunate that yours happened on Saturday. But in general, it's it's been a pretty good season, right? I mean, certainly you've had a very good run through the middle of it. Yeah, no, yeah, we've we've enjoyed it. I mean, obviously the most important thing after you know the problems of the first half of the summer was just to get out there and, and have some fun with our mates. But yeah, we've had some we've had some good wins. We've beaten some good sides. Um, I think thinking of teams like East Coast, North London, Wickham House. Um, we've won one game against those guys and. After a sort of difficult few years for the club, that's been good to get some confidence back on the field. Um, and yeah, we're, we're feeling optimistic going into into next year. We've we've made a couple of additions, getting Jack Upton in, who's been a very good, very good addition, opening the bowling and getting some useful runs down the order. And then obviously, the big one was getting Ashley back uh, from Ealing mid season. Um, you know, have a have a spinner of his ability in this league is going to be absolutely priceless, particularly when we get to the the all day stuff next for the sorry the time 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 games next year. Um batting probably a little light still. Um could probably do with a couple more a couple more in there. But um yeah, no, we're we're optimistic towards next year and we feel like um as a club, you know, we've we've had our difficulties over the last few years. Um but you know clubs like us go through peaks and troughs in terms of on field strength. It's only a few Euroleague and Teddingtons that are really stay at the top of the Prem kind of consistently. So we're hoping that we're kind of through that 
for us now, even though it's been pretty painful. Um, and we'll we'll start making our way back up. Is the plan? I think that's a very valid point. Actually, there's probably three clubs um, who I think are always who I've always been sort of associated with them being at the top of the Premier League. Um, you know, I remember when we joined the league in 2007, North Middlesex were in Division 3 with us and, and we both went up that first season. Teams have ups and downs. I mean, Winchmore Hill, you know, went down to Division 3, making their way back. I think it's just, it, it's normal if people look at how it goes. Very, very few sides are able to, to, to maintain um, a position with, with the real super guns um, over a long period of time. So I, I totally buy that. You know, sides go down and sides go up. And it seems to me like, you know, th- yeah. this season should be, should definitely be a positive for you guys there. I was going to ask about Southampton. How did you, did you did, how did you get on against them? And what did you make we, of them really? Because absolutely the champions in the end. That was um, actually the game that was rained off, but they were, they were on top. So um, I think they posted 260, 270. Um, and then the game was rained off at the midway point. So, um, you know, having, seeing three teams at the top all tied on six wins, I think fair play to them. They, pro- they probably deserved it having been on top in the game that was rained off. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 they're a good side. They, well, their, their batting was strong. We actually played against them in the cup game as well. Um, and lost that in a close, close one. Um, although we were missing a few that day, but they were well led by Nish. Um, and yeah, no good all round side. They'll, they'll be a team that we've, we've got to kind of usurp next year. Nish Patel's a decent captain, isn't he? I think he flies under the radar a bit. I think there'll be a fair few people around the league who may not know so much about him, but I've always found him quite a useful cricketer to, to have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, no, I, to be fair, I didn't know a huge amount about him before this year. Um, and I don't, I don't actually think he got many runs, but um, yeah, no, he, he does seem to kind of lead them well and have, have the respect for his team. Yeah, another example of leadership, actually, Matt, and different ways of doing it. Nish is quite a quietly spoken guy, and I, I think he's managed to. Um, managed to pick Southampton up because, as you say, I mean they were in, in, in the championship last year. They won that, so that they've they've had the downs too. And it looks like they're going to be a um, a tough side going forward. Sal, next year, then. I mean, I don't want to ask you to predict who's going to win the league next year, but um, it, it looks to me like North London have got a unit that, um, that that's there to be reckoned with. It could be a competitive division, right? Definitely. I mean, obviously, Tom's mentioned they've you know picked up Ashley from Ealing. So when it comes to the, the longer format, they'll be forced to to be reckoned with. I you know, always felt the attack they have at South Southgate is a very good attack. And he's mentioned the fact they may need another batsman. I always felt the same as well. But yeah, so you know, you've got Southgate on one hand, you've got Southampton, obviously. North London, it's been a good season all round for the club. Our two finished second, our three's mid table, and our fours won their league. So the club's on the up. And I think, you know, we've, we've got the nucleus of a, of a good squad of players who can definitely um, challenge next season. Obviously, with two going up, that's going to be something that's going to, going to be makes it a little bit easier and we'll definitely be looking to push one of those two promotion places next season with the, with the squad we have now from what I gather yeah. we'll retain all the players and I was looking to leave we may have one possibly going to university but you know all clubs have that situation taking place so it's not going to be no biggie losing a player for half the season we've got players who can, who can come in and sort of step up so yeah definitely looking forward to next season yeah, oh, there's always going to be a bit of churn, isn't it? In the nature of where we live and society as a whole, there's always going to be one or two people to come and go. But if you can keep the core of a squad that's done well the previous season, you think you're in a in a good place. Tom, I was going to ask about a bit about your cricketing background for those who don't know. Um, you, you, how long have you been at Southgate now? What, what's your history there? Uh, joined about 10, 10, 11 years ago. I think um, I, I originally played um, at Bosley Bay in the Hertfordshire um, Hertfordshire League as a, as a junior 
And then I moved to Southgate when I was um, around 15, 16. Um, just to, wanted to play in a high standard of cricket. I was in the kind of middle set youth set up at the time. Um, and family friend played at Southgate, uh, Bill Dean, and he encouraged me to join. So, so yeah, I've been at Southgate for um, that's, well over 10 years now. Um, had the, fir- the first few years, I well, actually started as a bowler, believe it or not, as, a, as an off spinner um, and played a few games in the first team. As an off spinner, um, proceeded to get the yips, um, and then had a couple of years as a bat as a batter in the second team um, for for kind of establishing myself in the first team. So, so yeah. Tom, it's a batsman's game, mate. You know this bowling lark. I never knew why Sal persevered with it for so long. It's so hard. Um, yeah, you might get the odd Dicky yeah, LBW, but. Uh, <laughs> I was, and I was going to ask you about Southgate as well because. I mean, Southgate's a brilliant place to play cricket. How anyone could not want to play at the Walker Ground is beyond me. I mean, it tracks good, the setting's great. Um, but you have had a few ropey years, haven't you? And I, and I, I, I mean, I don't want you to, to, to air dirty laundry in public, far from it. But um, it, it, things are, are on the straight and narrow there, right? You're confident that moving on, you're going to be an attractive proposition for players and that, and that the whole club's yeah. going in the right direction? Yeah, that's definitely the plan. I mean, obviously, yeah, it was um, to lose our place in the Premier League. I think we came fourth in 2016 and then to lose our place in the Premier League following year um, actually I think it was on an admin error in terms of a points deduction and then and then there was a mass exodus after that um, so which then led to another relegation um, and then yeah so I took over last year first year Div 3 as, as captain and kind of had to pick up the pieces a little bit um, became fifth last year uh, in a kind of very up and down season, where we we actually we actually lost the first three games and we were bottom of the league after three games and I was you know <laughs> fearing the worst, but um, we picked up a little bit and then um, yeah, it starts kind of had to rebuild from the bottom up. We've got some decent young players coming through, obviously getting getting Ashley back, getting Jack in, um, and then guys like Michael Stevens, uh, obviously myself and Phil that have kind of stuck by the club through those difficulties. Um, hopefully, we're going to reap the benefits over the next few years. Yeah. Um, Wolf is still yeah, going strong. I, Wolfers is still going strong. He's He's yeah. been um, probably our player of the year, to be honest. He's been, well, he's won us a couple of games for number eight, but his bowling is just, um, you know, very unusual. But His bowling's horrific. You know, it's no X-rated. Quite, I hate it. I <laughs> never no, enjoyed facing no batter knows what to No batter knows what to make of it. I mean, I've played probably 150 games with him and, I wouldn't know what to do really, um, other than block, 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 slog. Is with, and yeah. that's generally the line, the road that most batters go down and come unstuck. So, um, yeah, no, he's he's been great, and yeah, I mean, I would say kind of throughout the the sort of turbulence, I guess, if anything, the sort of off field um, kind of vibe in the club's been been pretty good um, socially, and everyone's kind of remained upbeat in that sense. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a competitive guy, and I'd I'd rather have the on-field success, to be honest. But um, to to put both together will be, well, that's definitely the aim over the next few years. Seems pretty good to me. And and, and last question: you must be sick of this, but um, reasonably well-known family name there, Edrich. I guess you do have a famous relative, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, my dad's well, my dad's dad uh, is Bill, um, who. Obviously, paid for England um, a long time ago. He he passed yeah. away before I was born, so never actually got the benefit of uh, oh, right. picking okay. his brain. But but he's um, yeah, obviously 
get lots of people coming up to me talking about him and John Edrich, who is his cousin, I believe. And I don't actually have any contact with him, but he, yeah, um, yeah, distant relative. Yeah, I did. I did hesitate before bringing it up because I did think, yeah, you must have had this question a million times. But I felt morally obliged, given we're on a cricket broadcast, yeah, no, to, to mention. I, I to mention <laughs> yeah. Um, last point on Division Three. Um, I mentioned last week that Uxbridge and MTSSC were, were, were ninth and tenth, so they were sort of battling out for the wooden spoon. And um, Uxbridge came through there. They beat uh, MTSSC quite quite convincingly, so they'll they'll end up with with the wooden spoon. You obviously played both those teams. Do you think that's probably just about right or um or did, did you you know have MTSSC just been a bit unlucky along the way or what's your thoughts there yeah it's, it's a difficult one to say really I mean both teams have kind of some outstanding individuals I would say um Uxbridge have uh Aman Quadri who I would say is probably the best batter in the league and I know MTSSC's captain um is a brilliant left arm spinner probably the best spinner in the league so both teams have a couple of outstanding individuals but that's ironic, isn't it? That's interesting. Both teams maybe weren't as up for it as they had been last year, where they were, they were both kind of towards the top of the table. So, um, yeah, they'll they'll definitely be challenging, as as will all the teams we've already mentioned. So it's going to be a very competitive league next year. Yeah, and it is interesting, of course, because it's the first time ever you, you know exactly what you're likely to be facing because it's the same league as last year, and that's basically never happened before is it so there's there's not going to be four new yeah. teams in the division there's, there's going to be the same same 10 going forward yeah. and um, yeah and I don't, I don't think it's just being dip, diplomatic to say I generally didn't think there was a, a really poor side in the league this year I, I generally did think everyone was was kind of competitive whereas last year there probably were a couple of weak sides actually so um, yeah no it should be a good one Good stuff. Well, we have followed it with quite some interest division three, not not just because Sal's related to North London but it has been an interesting league there's been lots going on and uh, you know, that's, that's ultimately got to be a good thing, certainly for the neutral watching it. Um, moving to Division 4, um, uh, SKLP did, um, did win the title, uh, as we sort of thought they might uh, last week. They, only by a point, but they, they've been playing well of late and they beat uh, Stoke Newington, as they had to do, um, by, by four wickets. Actonians also finished strongly to be just behind them in second place. They beat um, uh, Lahana, or Headstone Manor in, in, in modern money. Um, by three wickets. So well done to those two for finishing first and second. Um, at the bottom, um, sort of a you know, reasonably positive end for, for Hamwell or Ealing Hamwellians. As they, they beat Harrow Town by 11 runs. Um, it doesn't stop them finishing bottom, but even then, it's always good to finish on a win, um, even if you've had, uh, had um, what I guess would be a, a below-par season. So, um, so, so well done to them. Looking around the other divisions, now, I don't know how much you get to see of, uh, of the other divisions. You're probably not as big a badger as, as Sal and I, um, Tom, but there was, there was some, some odd stuff going on in, in really interesting ways. And top of that pile of odd stuff was Highgate 2s. Uh, I don't know if either of you saw the, saw the card there, but Matt Holly, a, a guy I've certainly played against a few times, hit, hits a long ball from what I remember. He got decent value for his £10 match fee. I don't know, I don't know if you picked up on this, but um, Highgate batted first. Uh, and, and Holly contributed 114 in um, in 83 balls, which is about, about par for the course for Matt. He does whack it. Um, and then he came on something like fourth change and helped himself to eight for 34. So my, my question to you guys is, have, have you ever seen an individual performance in club cricket that, that even resembles that? I mean, 114 and eight for 34. That's, that's a pretty phenomenal uh, performance. And I, every respect to Matt, for, for that, um, Tom, have you, have you ever come across anything anything like that before? 
Uh, I, I, in my early days at Southgate, we did have um, a game I wasn't actually playing in. I think I was in the twos at the time, but uh, Matt Priest got 109 for against Harrow Town. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> Wow. I don't know the exact number of balls he faced. I don't know if it was quick, and I don't know how many runs he went for. But pretty sure that that happened around. Well, I think he wins. Hundred and nine wickets, he wins. He's the yeah, extra wicket yeah. gives him the nod, doesn't it? That's. I'm sure Paul Smith will be able to look that up and tell us. But that that is. And Matt, Matt Crease was a good player. I always thought he, he was a bit unlucky not to play yeah, no, at a higher level. So 109 for Sal, beat that. Any any help that you can offer us? Or is that, is that, is that, no, is that beyond anything you've experienced? I mean, what makes it even more astonishing was the fact it was only second league game of the season. He'd only played two league games and that was the second one. So he's obviously, when he just rolls up is and right? straight into form. I think they'll be trying to get him to play a bit more next year. I, I, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, was it at the Cots, Sal, do you know? Or, or were Highgate away? No, the two's played at home on Saturday, yeah. Two's played at home. So I mean I'm guessing if you if you're a you know, if you're a batter at Highgate, then then you wanna you wanna hit it pretty straight, don't you? Because it's not the biggest of grounds. Um but bowling wise, I'm I'm not sure I'd really fancy being a bowler at Highgate, really. You haven't got a lot to play with, have you? It can be deceiving sometimes because the wicket can sort of offer assistance to the bowlers sometimes. So, you know, the batsman's eyes sort of open up and they think, oh, a small ground will be tee off and, you know, mm-hmm. get a big score and it sometimes can go the other way. So uh, Fair yeah, comment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I, I follow that. I can't offer anything. I was trying to think of anything even remotely similar, and I, I just can't. I can't get in the ball game there. Um, a few runs around in other places, guys. North Mid Twos, who, who've had a tough season themselves, that they they will finish in the bottom two in in the top flight there. But they had a very good end of the season. They chased down 313 against Hampstead, which I thought was pretty impressive. I mean, any chase north of 250, I think, is impressive, but 313 is, is a good effort. John Mills, who also hits a long ball, chipped in with a, with a small matter of 152. So, um, so so well done to John and well done to North Mid 2s. And then North Mid 4s were, were, you know, they scored even more runs. They managed um, 354 um, against against Southgate. Um, Tom, did you, did you see any of that or any of the game? I did. I did actually see a bit of it because... Because of our early finish, we uh, made our way over to the back to watch it. Um, yeah, no, well, list the first innings, but uh, our threes, to be fair, have been a little bit short this year in terms of some of the senior players um, taking the year off, either due to COVID, concern, COVID concerns or um, or other commitments. So our threes mm. have been a pretty young side um, that have got hammered most weeks, to be honest. But to be fair to them, it hasn't really dimmed their enthusiasm for the game. They're always... They're they're keen and they're always in the bar on Saturday evenings, happily chatting away about the game and talking up their twenty odds and uh, and so forth. But yeah, no, the the game on Saturday sounded pretty brutal. Um, the boundaries were in, which I'm not really sure why on our back pitch, which is a pretty small ground as it is. Um, and yeah, sounded like a bit of a demolition job by North Middlesex. What happens, doesn't it? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how you go out and chase three fifty four as well in in limited overs cricket. It's not like it's time cricket where you can say right, okay. One of those days to settle in and just bat bat for a draw. You haven't got that option. You've got to you've got to sort of go for it. So you know, I, commiserations there on having to go out and bat and chase that total yeah. total down. But, Watching some of the second innings as well. Uh, North Middlesex had a had a spinner that I couldn't believe was in their fourteen cricket. I think he must have got a seven four eight for, but he um, just an off spinner that you know was was very good bowler for that level. Looked the real deal. Yeah, I mean, I did try and find looked up the card actually to see if see if there were any crazy batting. 
uh, knock. So if anybody got like 260 for North mid fours, so I apologize, but your card wasn't up. So there's no way I could find it out. But, um, but yeah, um, yeah, it seems to me like North Middlesex had a, a good weekend availability wise. And, you know, that happens, doesn't it? There was one other result I was going to flag up, and, and there was a reason, there was a couple of reasons for this, and that, that was, again, in, involving Twickenham. But we played on a Sunday against Hampstead Fours. Twickenham Threes played Hampstead Fours on the green. Um, Hampstead Fours, 2-6-7, um, which, pretty pretty decent score. The, 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 our, our track is not quite as flat as it used to be. Um, and 2 6 seven's the decent effort. We were losing that game royally until one of our boys went in and, uh, and played the innings of his life, quite frankly, and has got 88 uh, and we ended up losing by one run. So um, we were all out in the last over for 266, which I thought in and of itself was, um, you know, evidence of a, of a great game, great way to end the season. Until I then found out that the last dismissal was an LBW. And, and then my first thought was, oh, God, you know, what? please tell me it was out or please tell me it wasn't controversial. And it turns out our skipper gave it. Our skipper was umpiring and he gave our number 11 out LBW. And as I said to him afterwards, it's uh, it really is um, be- better to, to lose and do the right thing than win and be a complete plonker. Um, and and I, I think fair play to Conor Finney. He, he, he had no doubt it was out. Gave it. It was pretty dark, I'll be honest, at the end. So uh, if anyone was watching on Pitch Vision, they might well not have known whether it was out or not. But um, but yeah, good good finish to the season and respect due to to to, um, to the player involved, Conor Finney, for uh, for putting his finger up when dare I say some may not have done it. So um, good stuff. Good stuff all round. Um, Sam, was there anything else across the league that, that caught your eye, or, or was there anything else that you you know you wanted to flag up? Not, not, no, no, not nothing in regards to fixtures. And I know you've got some some facts coming up in a minute about teams and most points and furious points. I'll let you crack on with that, Dan, if you'd like to. Yeah, yeah. I was going to get to that in a sec. Actually, what, what I think about it, this idea of playing some games on a Sunday. Now, we've really embraced it at Twickenham because we've had trouble trying to get a third eleven ground. It's been a bit of a nightmare quite frankly, because St Mary's College has just not, not, not allowed us to, to play there this year. And, and playing on Sundays has enabled our third team to play on, on the main ground, which is great. Um, they've often had you know, a couple of hundred people watching because we play obviously on a public green. And we, we totally think this is, this is something to think about in future seasons. Tom, would you, would you welcome that? Would Southgate welcome that? Or do you think we're, we, we might be building in some problems down the line? Um, well, I could definitely see the pros and cons. Um... I think with my my Southgate hat on, I would probably be against it based on how difficult it is for us to to get good availability on on Saturdays without throwing in um, without throwing in Sundays as well. But the I mean, no, I can see the advantages of playing on better grounds. Um, I, I played I played actually a season out in Australia where they did it. They played the the lower grades on on Sundays and the under seventeens on Sundays, so they get the opportunity to play on better grounds rather than on sort of park pitches. Um, and that's the so way we sell it to our third team. Yeah, we always say, you know, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. totally understand that you might have to negotiate with the wife, but on the um, uh, on the other hand, you're going to be playing on a much better ground, whether it's Twickenham Green, which is much better than, than St Mary's College, or anywhere else. And and we've been quite impressed by the amount of people who've been keen to do it, actually. And of course, you can't play Saturdays and Sundays; you only play one. Um, yeah. And so we we actually think it's helped availability a bit, but I mean that's not a scientific conclusion. But it's our. Yeah. It's our I guess I guess it's it. something that. I guess it's something that if you kind of make people aware of in advance before the season, um, then then it's probably less of an issue. I know we had, I think our threes had a game against Shepherds Bush threes early season where they kind of wanted to move it to, from Saturday to Sunday oh, that yeah. week, and that that was I, I that was quite it. difficult for us to um, to kind of accommodate that and have a have a reasonable eleven out. But 
I guess if, if people are aware of it in the winter, then it might be might be less of an issue. Um, but it probably would be a bit of a culture change at some clubs for, for these guys in lower teams to make themselves available on Sundays. I think that's a fair point about that game because it, it didn't take place at all, did it? It was, um, no. I think if I remember rightly, you, you just got the points because Shepherds Bush couldn't organise a game on a Saturday. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's important. It, it can't be by dictat. You have to, you have to agree to do it. And I think through the winter, we'd have to do exactly what you say: make the case, you know, and try and make people aware of the that the pros and doing it. What I would say is, I wouldn't actually, in a promotion relegation environment, allow week eighteen games to take place like that because it's entirely plausible that our either us or Hampstead could have been in a position where we could have gone up or down. And, and to play our game on the Sunday when everyone else has played on the Saturday wouldn't be right. Because rain could get in the way, you just simply know what you've got to do, and and I don't see that as as, as appropriate. But the other seventeen weeks, I think there might be a case to make. Sal, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Nick Brown about this last week. So one of the things he's probably going to raise it um, at the AGM, which will take place obviously before the end of the year. And I mean, one of the idea, one of the reasons behind it, which he suggested, and I thought was a very valid reason, was just the financial side of things. Because obviously, some clubs you have to hire for eleven grand on a Saturday to to play their games because they haven't got a second ground within their own club or, you know, that they have. So if you had a, a game on a Sunday, then you're not having, you don't have the expense of having to hire a ground on a Saturday. You've got the game taking place at your own clubhouse on a Sunday. Like you said, you may get more people coming to watch. Obviously, that increases the bar takings and more sort of going on around the club itself. So that's obviously an option and another sort of way of looking at it in terms of what would be you know, a good idea. In terms of, um, he also mentioned that they would look to, you know, have every single player registered via play cricket, so you can't have any sort of side trying to sip in a player that we no one's heard of. And again, it's, it's one of those situations where it would have to be agreed, I think, before the season starts, which games would be played on a Sunday. Not the kind of situation where a week before a team, you know, emails another team and says, can we play Sunday? It would be done in advance. So there's obviously, you know, there's, there's you know, positives behind it. And there obviously are going to be some negatives as well. But in terms of as a financial side of things, and obviously, you know, with obviously this season situation, financial situations are affecting clubs next season. If it was a way of saving money and helping the club sort of benefit, I mean, why not? Yeah, no, I, I buy that. I mean, I would say, make it being devil's advocate, even though I, I am an advocate of playing this, um, cup games, you know, Twickenham had no runs in any of the cups. So that, that meant that we, did, we didn't have any Sunday fixtures at home. Um, we have a ladies' 11. And they play Sundays, so I mean, sometimes it's just not available. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's an every week situation at all. But I think you know a degree of flexibility of teams are keen. That does sound to me like the way forward. And, and on, on Sunday, our ladies played in the quarterfinal of the Surrey Slam. They play in that, and they started at nine thirty to play their T Twenty. And um, actually, I should say, for good measure, the game ended in a tie, uh, and so all of the third team were sitting on the sidelines waiting to go, baying for a super over. Um, but unfortunately, they, they didn't get one. It, um, we lost on. Uh, wickets, uh, wickets taken uh, in when we were batting, but it, 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 as a day, it was a super day. And um, you know, let's let's be honest. Financially, it was a much better day than if we just had a, a gentle friendly on the green. So um, all good. Sal, you mentioned some factoids. Now we, we picked out one or two, not not too many uh, from the season. Do you want do you want to talk us through what we got? I can lead on this. Yeah. Uh, so we we've had uh, the the sides that picked up the most points this season. So it's Axton second eleven and Tennant third eleven, both. Scored 82 points this year. We've already discussed this earlier on. The team with the fewest points was Twickenham. We picked oh, yeah, one yeah. point this year. We'll gloss over that one. Yeah, we missed yeah. out on that one. <laughs> and um, Teddington's first to fourth level, so the first, second, third, or fourth, 
more one near leagues this year. So that's some achievement to do that uh, as, a, as a club in, in general. So well done to Tennington. Yeah. Yeah, and so Teddington Fours played in what, in effect, was Division Six B, and they run they ran their league with um, without it officially being an MCCL division. So if you look on Play Cricket, you'll see that league exists, but it's not formally down on the the MCCL website. So hats off to Teddington. You know, four teams, four championships, decent seasons work. Um, well, well done, um, well done to them. Moving on though, Sal. League Cup finals are on the, on the radar here. What do, you, what do we need to know? Yeah, so the season comes to an end this weekend with two finals. We've got League Cup 1 final, which is Ealing playing North Middlesex at, at Richmond. It's a 10.45 start. I mean, if, if both sides are everyone available, it should be a cracking game. Two very strong sides who've played each other numerous times over, over, the, over the years gone by. So it's a very hard one to call. And then you've got my club, North London, playing against Winchmore Hill at Winchmore Hill, which is another 10.45 start. I mean, I'm going to actually ask Tom to comment on this and say, if you were the betting man, Tom, where would your, where would your £1 go on who might win this game, having obviously played against both clubs in the last few years? Um, I, think I, would, I think I would lean towards North London, actually. I think you guys have, you guys have probably got more of the um, winning habit, I suppose, from, from the season. I'm not sure exactly where Wichmore Hill finished in Div 2, but I think it was probably somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, I six, think winning I think, habit yeah. probably counts. Winning habit probably probably counts for quite a lot and um just uh, just from my experience I, I probably i don't think there's a huge difference in in standard between div two and div three um i think the, the bigger gap is um obviously premier league's div two so i i'm i'm good about north london to, to get over the line there good to hear and sal what's your yeah. thoughts i mean to take it taking your north london hat off given that you've seen a little bit of both sides i guess what, what, what's your gut instinct I mean, interesting because the game starts that early. Would any sort of due effect the, the, the game itself? You know, ten forty-five start. I know we have some games this mm. weekend start quite early. So, I mean, is that going to be a factor that comes into play? Again, like Tom mentioned, it's going to be a very close game if, if both sides perform to their full potential. Which will he'll establish Division Two side? You know, Gatton is a man, isn't he? You know, he, how he plays could affect the game. Really, if he, uh, you have to get him out. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if he's on, on on form, then he could the guy could just take the game away from him completely or win the game single handedly. But if you get him out early, then it could be an interesting sort of uh, you know game itself. We've 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 done well this season, as as you all know. Um, the, the the boys are up for it. They're you know they're, they're, I'm sure they'll be having a training session this week. Will Jones has been a fantastic addition to, to the side this year, not only to the club as well, but to the side. He's a, he's a top cricketer, so having him within our side, it's going to be, I think, Jones versus Gatton. Whoever comes out on top could, could you know, decide who wins the game. Sal, you have sat on the fence admirably there. I, I, so, so I thought that was a very good analysis of the game. Who's going to win? Oh, I'll go, I'll go, I'm going North London. You've got to say North London, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, North London. You've got to say North London. Yeah, definitely. definitely yeah, North London, all the way. <laughs> Good man, good man. I mean, I'm very interested to see how those games go. I mean, I think it's always nice to end the season um, with, with some sort of um, cup final like that. And, and, and I think there'll be two interesting games. So um, we will report back on those. Now, move, moving forward, um, as, as, as folks will know, we, we've had nine weeks where we focus primarily on, on action on the field. And, and hopefully it's been reasonably interesting listening. But of course, the action on the field will, after this week's cup finals, basically stop in, in a formal sense. So um, the podcast will probably go down to one every two or three weeks. Um, we will do our level best to talk to as, as many people as we can who've got, who've got something to say. Um, we're always open for um, suggested contributors and, and, and topics to discuss as well. I mean, we can wax lyrical about 
no end of things. But we, we'd be interested to hear if anyone's got any feedback. Thanks to those folks who have emailed me and to let me know, um, you know, what they think about the podcast. We, we really appreciate that. And um, I reckon we'll probably be back maybe next week, but if not next week, the week after, uh, to do something of a wash up, really, and, and, to, and to think about where, where things are going to go through the winter. Um, and then on into, um, you know, into, uh, into next season. In the meantime, Tom, enjoy that sort of 34 weeks of shopping that you've probably got ahead in, in Ikea or home base or whatever keeps you busy in the winter. And um, th- thanks for your input. And we, we'd love to speak thanks, to you again yeah, next year to, avoid to see how things are going. Yeah, well, yeah, things can only get better, mate. That's the way to look at it. Um, and um, Sal will no doubt liaise um, next week or the week after um, to talk about, yeah, talk about life as we know it. Yep, sure will. Just to say quickly, I know we're going to finish off, but next week's, uh, I know we obviously me, Dan and Sahil and Matt, we do our weekly writes, writes up for the league website. Next week, we'll be picking our individual teams of the season related to the divisions that we, we write right, about. Yeah. So look forward to that, see who, who, we, who made our sort of starting 11. Yeah, I'm open to all bribes, uh, whether it be financial, alcoholic or, or whatever. You know, so if anyone wants to get in that team, um, just, just, just get in touch. Uh, no, in all seriousness, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. I haven't really thought about it. it's going to be in Division 2 team, but um, we'll reveal all um, over the next 10 days. Cheers then, guys. Much appreciated. Speak to you in a bit. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Podcast Network.